Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How you doing? How's it going? I mean, really, how's it going? I hope that you have gotten some tools through this podcast that help you with your mindset and your your thoughts when things don't go the way you'd hope they went, whether that is asking for promotion at work, looking for a new position or a project turning out the way that you wanted to. It's all about what we make it mean and how we perceive the circumstances of our life. It is not, and I promise you this is true, it is not about the circumstances themselves. And we do ourselves a huge disservice when we think that something has gone horribly wrong when things don't turn out the way we thought they would or the way we hoped they would. It's called life. And as my previous coach used to say and loves to say, it's life's 50-50. When you can accept that and can look at something that happens in your life as, oh, this is that other half of life that I'm supposed to have that's going to happen. It takes so much stress off of you and in terms of worrying and thinking, what did I do wrong? Why is this happening? It's just life. All right, I'm off the soapbox now. Enough about that. We're going to talk today about a key quality that employers interview for. And for this, I'm leaning heavily on an article from CNBC.com's article by Claire Hughes-Johnson. And it was entitled, I was a VIP at Google for 10 years. Here's the number one skill I looked for at job interviews. Very few people had it. Okay, that's a very long title. But at any rate, really good article. And one of the references that Claire, the author, makes is that 97%, I'm sorry, 95% of people think that they have this quality we're going to talk about, but only about 10 to 15% actually do. And that was according to some research that she referenced in the article. And what is this really important yet rare quality? It's self-awareness. Here's a quote from the article. Sure, your experience and skills matter, but they can be learned. And with someone, and when someone is highly self-aware, they're more motivated to learn because they're honest about what they need to work on. They also relate better to their colleagues and managers. So let's break that down. Your experience and skills can be learned. Yes, they're going to want you to have some level of skill, depending on what level you're at within your field, what field you're in but they can be learned. When someone is self-aware, they're more motivated to learn because they're honest about what they need to work on. So they part of self-awareness is, here's why I'm at in the continuum. Here's what I need to work on to get to move the needle. 
And they also relate better to their colleagues and managers. You've all, we have all had bosses, colleagues, and even maybe subordinates who were completely unself-aware. They are not fun to be around. They are not, they're not realistic at all. So they're just in la-la land, but also they aren't as human as we want our people to be that we're around flaws and all that's who we are and when someone doesn't know they have the flaws it's like everybody else knows it except for you know joe over there it's not fun to be around him one way the author checked for self-awareness when she was doing job interviews at google was to pay attention to two words i and we she felt that too much I was an indication that the candidate was maybe not humble, maybe not collaborative. And if there was too much we, it could obscure the role that the candidate played. And so there has to be a balance between I and we language. And I've certainly seen that. And, and really that resonated with me when I think about my clients, because I have some who are like, I didn't, you know, especially when they get to the more senior levels, I didn't do that. And so it's all about, okay, what did you do? Well, you drove it, you spearheaded it, you led it, right? So your, your leadership is what made it happen, but you're not, you're not indicating in any way that this was a one, you know, one horse show, if you will. She also would ask the candidate in the interview what his or her colleagues would say about them. And this is actually one that I love to ask when I'm doing mock interviews with my clients. And if the response that the client gives or the candidate gives is only good things, then the author would probe as to what constructive feedback they've received. You know, if you've been around in the workforce for more than five minutes, you've received con constructive feedback. And so I think what she's saying is she wants to hear, you know, the good stuff, but not just the good stuff. What else have they said? Oh, I was given this feedback 10 years ago and here's what I did with it. So it's that combination of self-awareness and here's how I took action. I recognize that I respected that feedback. Maybe I heard it from two people, three people, and here's how I worked on it. Then she would ask, and what have you done to improve in that area to see if they took the feedback to heart and made improvements? So if the client, the candidate didn't offer, here's how I resolved this, here's how I worked on it, she would ask the question. How do you know if you're not self-aware? <laughs> it's kind of important, right? So here are some telltale signs that you may not be self-aware. Number one, you consistently get feedback that you disagree with. This doesn't mean that the feedback is accurate or should be acted on, but it does tell you that others perceive you differently from how you perceive yourself. So it's that it's that constant feedback of, oh, that's not you're you're receiving it as that's not who I am. That's not what I did. That's not what I meant. There's something there's a disconnect going on there if that seems to be the norm for you. Number two. You often feel frustrated and annoyed because you don't agree with your team's direction or decisions. And this is likely because you aren't aware of how you are presenting your ideas or how your ideas may be perceived by others. And it can also indicate that you just tend to disagree with ideas that aren't your own. So looking at, at you know, how do I show up in a team 
when I'm not in charge, when I'm not running the ship, or even if I am, am I bullying the team members into going in the direction I want to go? Am I open to others' ideas? Am I willing to consider that someone in this group might have a better idea than, than what I've presented? Number three, you feel drained at the end of the day and can't pinpoint why. Self-awareness really helps you to focus on the things that you both enjoy and are good at. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's called motivated skills. I'm really good at this thing and I really enjoy doing it. And the, the reason it's called a motivated skill is the more that I get to do that skill in my work, the more motivated I will be. The opposite are the burnout skills. I'm good at this thing. I do not enjoy doing it. The more I do it, the more burnout I feel. So self-awareness really helps you to focus on those things that you both enjoy and are good at. It also allows you to minimize the time you spend on activities that don't play to your strengths. And yes, I fully understand that sometimes you don't have control over that. You're being told what to do. But the more that you know what you're good at and strategically position yourself to the degree that you can to excel and to show your skill set in that area, the more likely your boss and others are going to be to ask you to do things around that motivated skill. Also, it helps you know that self-awareness helps you to have the proper mindset when you have to engage in burnout skills. So, you know, you hate to do X. The boss is like, you know, Sue, I know you really don't love to do this, but I really need your help. You can go into that with the proper mindset and some strategies. So one of the things that I, I talk to my clients about with burnout skills is when you know that you're going to have a day or a week or whatever it is that does not play to your motivated skills, then how can you after work, after this week of whatever retreat is over at work, whatever it is, how can I restore equilibrium? What can I do to bring myself back into kind of center? And finally, a sign that you're not self-aware is you can't describe what kinds of work you do and don't enjoy doing. Engaging in your motivated skills and minimizing the use of your burnout skills allows you to do more of what you like and less of what you don't. And that's where it really, all of this has to start there, is that your self-awareness of what what do I love, what don't I love. And one of the things that I work with clients on frequently when they come to me with career indecision, I'm at a crossroads, I don't know what to do, is I talk to them about the two kind of buckets that I see people in, in this in this situation. One of the buckets is, I wouldn't know it if I saw it. So I'm really kind of confused right now, but I'm not really that confused because if you laid out oh five job descriptions in front of me, I would be able to tell you I like this part of this one. I don't like this part. This one really appeals to me for this reason. This one doesn't, that kind of thing. The other bucket are folks that, as I like to say, if the perfect job came up to you right now and slapped you in the face, you would not know it. You are you are so mired in whatever it is maybe, you know, stressors from your current job, maybe you've been in a toxic environment, maybe there are things going on at home that are clouding this issue for you, you really wouldn't know it if it slapped you in the face. So next question then, how do we build this self-awareness? And I want to give you three very tangible tools to build your self-awareness. So even if you consider yourself pretty self-aware, let's bring it up a notch. If you think, hey, I could really use some help in this area, let's get you going. 
Number one, understand your values. You really want to know what's important to you, what gives you energy, and what steals your energy. That's all going to make make sense for you in terms of how you work and where you want to work. And with those insights, you're going to be able to express your values and understand when they are at odds with one another or with someone else's values. So when we talk about values, we're not talking about those skills that I've been pushing here for the motivated skills previously in this episode. This is value. So this is things like, you know, collaboration in the workforce, the ability to influence others. I actually have a values activity that I put my clients through along with a motivated skills activity. So they get really clear on these values and making sure that they look for companies, for employers, and for specific jobs that align with their values. So that's number one. Number two, identify your work style. You want to take a few weeks to write down the moments when you feel like you are reaching new heights in your work or hitting new lows. And you'll start to see patterns. So just a little journaling exercise. Maybe I've watched movies before where they have the family at the dinner at night. They're like, okay, what's the high point? What's the low point? And they use different terminology, but that's what they're getting at. And this is a great exercise for you so that you can start to see, oh, this is where I'm really energized. Perfect example. I did, oh, kind of a day, highlights of the day activity for the longest time. It was part of my a daily planner activity that I, I, I take everything, everything's on my calendar, but for that day, I, I write it out on paper along with places to put like little reminders and little scratch pad area. And I like that because it gives me something I can check off much more easily than say, you know, something on my computer is a little bit harder to check off. And what I started noticing after I had done that for some time was the highlight of my day was always a coaching call with a client. I was I was a one-to-note person, right? It was almost 100% of the time it was, you know, I had this happened in my 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 call with John today. This happened in my call with with Janet today. It was that kind of a thing. So I really got a sense of of the pattern for me of what my highs were. And if you have trouble trusting your own instincts, if you're like, I don't know what the high was, I don't know, I'm so confused, ask someone whose judgment you really respect and and ask them this, when do you see me at my best and worst work? When do you see me doing my best work? When do you see me doing my worst work? And get some feedback from some people so you can really identify your work style. And then number three, to build your self-awareness, you want to analyze your skills and capabilities. In an interview setting, you should be able to speak confidently about your strengths and weaknesses. So ask yourself these questions. What can I do really well and really enjoy doing? So that's that motivated skill. So are there some that are kind of my signature skills? I'm already really strong in them and I really love doing them. And are there some that you want to kind of build on? Like, okay, I really love doing it. My skill in that area isn't great yet. So I want to work on that area. And conversely, you want to ask yourself, what skills am I good at, but don't enjoy doing? So that's your burnout skill. And you want to minimize the time that you spend doing those things. And then another question is, what is an area I have the capacity to move the needle on? And how can I move that needle? And this is not a weakness, but but it's rather an emerging strength. I kind of talked about that a moment ago is 
something that I really enjoy doing. And then maybe over on the column where I rate my skill, I'm kind of in an average. I'm not, I'm not strong in that area yet, but I want to move the needle in that. And I'd like to maybe turn that into a signature strength. So these are all techniques for becoming more self-aware. And I don't think, unless you're a sociopath, that most unself-aware people are actually believing that they're perfect and wonderful and nothing's wrong. I think it's more a matter of they don't want to know. They don't open themselves up and be vulnerable to ask these questions either of themselves or of others who know them well, and or they are so busy on the the hamster wheel of that Q1. So talking about recently, I think a recent podcast, I talked about the four quadrants and Stephen Covey. And if they're living in that quadrant one of urgent and important, they don't give themselves time to be in quadrant two, where they can have this kind of self-reflection and really get proactive and planful about, okay, here's an area I'm not self-aware in. Because you can be self-aware and then not self-aware in another area. So really looking at that and thinking in terms of kind of, okay, where am I maybe not self-aware? What it, what of these areas that I'm not self-aware, where can I move the needle the most, get the most traction? and be the most benefit that this needle moving will give the most benefit to my employer and my current job. So I invite you to, you know, listen to this again and really get a sense of this self-awareness, you know, what kind of what happens when you're not self-aware, what are the signs, and then how can you improve on your self-awareness. So go for it, become more self-aware, and take care. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.